I am not Father Jason. You're probably wondering who I am and why I'm here. My name is Father Zach Weber. I'm a priest of the Diocese of Green Bay, which is in Wisconsin. And if you like me, you can write my bishop. His name is David Ricken. Amazing bishop. He was blessed to be ordained by Pope St. John Paul II. If you don't like me, you can write to the bishop in San Francisco or in Seattle and say, we didn't like that priest. But um, just an honor and a blessing to be here with you. I'm actually a college chaplain and where we celebrate Mass at my Newman Center is actually in a basement. We don't have a chapel yet, so this is great to be here in this beautiful cathedral. And I just want to share with you uh, one major point today, and I want you to focus on this because what I'm about to tell you, the devil doesn't want you to know. So it's really important that you listen. Because sometimes we come to Mass and it's more like Charlie Brown. The parents are talking, and we leave, and all we say, what was Mass? What was the Holly about? What the reading's about? And it's like, wah, 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 wah. You know how it goes, right? And one way of learning with what I want to teach you today and, 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 and impress upon you today is, is repetition. Repetition is the mother of all teachers, say so many saints and theologians and great learners of our time. So I'm going to say something. I'm just going to ask you to repeat it back to me so we can kind of get, get engaged here a little bit. Because sometimes we have masses at 6 p.m. Where I'm at, we have mass at 7. And people are a little bit tired, so we've got to make sure we're engaged. So I'm going to ask you to repeat after me. And these are the words. When you lose your why, you lose your way. When you find your why, get ready for war. Can you remember that? When you lose your why, you lose your way. And when you find your why, get ready for war. So many Catholics have lost their way because they don't know their why. And today we celebrate Corpus Christi, which means the body and blood of Jesus, which is ultimately the why of a Catholic. There's really no other reason to be Catholic because we know there's been pre-scandal. We know there's been just some crazy things happening. But what, what is our glue? What is our why? Because if, if we find our why, we find our way. And we simply see people in our world today with suicide rates, with opioid overdiction rates, uh, deaths because of that. Uh, cirrhosis of liver is the number one cause of death for, for men as much as because of alcoholism. The average age is 35. People have simply lost their way. And if, if, and if you think they haven't, like I don't literally know what planet you're living on. And as the world spins... Holy Mother Church, because she's so wise, the liturgy doesn't change. Like, sometimes things are so crazy in our world, and it's like, I just need something stable. In essence, why the church moves as she does. And we come to Holy Mass, and often people have many opinions about the Mass, right? Uh, we, need, we need to change this, we need to change that, all these different things, but there's never that question, like, what is the Mass? What is the Mass? At Mass, the Church, in her wisdom, is representing the Last Supper, which is the beginning of the sacrifice of Jesus in his Passion, and he, he consummates it on the cross, which is why we have music as beautiful as it is, or it ought to be at least, because we're trying to represent that reality. And if you would have asked me that 20 years ago, I'd have been like, what in the world are you talking about? I didn't have 
a why as to be Catholic. You know, if someone says, why are you Catholic? Well, I'm Catholic because my husband or my wife is Catholic. And that might be part of the why, but it, it, at the end of the day, it's not going to keep you Catholic, right? Or my, my parents are Catholic, so I'm Catholic. When it comes to the craziness in the world, that's not going to keep you Catholic. I'm Catholic because of the beautiful church. Well, churches go up and they go down, fires happen. That's not going to keep you Catholic. So I want to share with you what my why is and how I found my way as a priest because in essence, you're probably wondering, like, why are you here? Well, I'm here for a wedding that's going to be celebrated on Tuesday, but the Lord has been nothing but good to me because, you know, I, I come from a, a really good family. Um, I'm the youngest of four. Grew up, in, again, in the Green Bay area in Wisconsin. And when I was one and a half, my family went to go visit my aunt and her boyfriend, and my, my parents found them passed out because they were doing drugs. And they walked into an apartment where my cousin, who was three years old, was changing the diapers of my six-month-old cousin. And my parents put a note on the counter saying, we got, we got the kids, we'll be back soon. And as they began to drive away, they began to hear my three-year-old niece talk about how the neighbor man abused her. My parents didn't know what to do. So they went to the police station and said, what should we do? And they said, if you don't take custody of these kids, you're never going to see them again. So my parents, we had custody of two of my kids. And, and by the way, the, the boyfriend of my aunt was the biggest drug lord about an hour away from where we lived. So growing up, my parents had to go back and forth for custody cases. And that's when the devil started working in my life at the age of one and a half. When I needed my mom and dad to be around, and they're doing a good and holy thing by helping the family out, right? But the devil came into my life, and he put in what we call a core wound. He put a core lie in my heart that I'm a burden to other people. That nobody wanted me around. And all I really wanted to do as a one-and-a-half-year-old, two-year-old, three-year-old, as I grew up with my cousins, eventually, they, they, one went to my uncle and one went to my aunt, right? Um, all I want to do is be held. But when I was kind of funny, I'm not a very funny person, but when I was kind of funny, people would laugh, and I was like, oh, that's how you get attention. And it led me down a really dark path in middle school and high school. Got suspended a bunch of times, got detentions. But I was, at the core of my being, I was, I was looking for love. I don't know if I'd say those words, but I knew there had to be a deeper purpose to life. And as I got confirmed, which I didn't really care about faith formation classes because it was never about anything, that I seemed to care about. I would skip a lot, but by, by the grace of God, I was confirmed. Just what my love was, was, was baseball. And I was good enough to, to pitch in college, and I lived that life. And, I, and I, I lived a life where a lot of people say, oh, you'll be free in college. You just do whatever you want, whenever you want, however you want. And I did that, and the problem was I wasn't happy. And maybe that's you today. Why am I not happy? I'm doing whatever I want, and I'm not happy. During my freshman year, my oldest brother, PJ, called me. He was married during my junior year of, of high school. And he said, Zach, do you work at Old Navy? So maybe you know where Old Navy is. And I worked at Old Navy. And he said, Zach, does Old Navy make any congratulations? You are going to be an Uncle T-shirts. And I said, no, I don't think they do. And he said, OK, let me try again. Just listen very closely. Does Old Navy make any you are going to be an uncle t-shirts? 
And I'm like, dude, I just told you, I don't know. I'll drive down to the store. I'll find out if they make any of these t-shirts. In my head, I'm kind of like walking through, you know, the, the store. And I'm like, I've never seen any of these shirts. I've, I've folded plenty of clothes. And he asks one more time. And he says, Zach, does Old Navy make any you, Zachary, Andrew, Weber, are going to be an uncle t-shirts? Which I responded with, dude, I just told you twice. I will call headquarters and find out if they make any of these t-shirts. Why do you keep asking me this question? And he responded with, are you still in college? And I'm like, yes, I'm still in college. And he simply just went uh, and, asked, and asked me and told me, he's like, well, Jen, his wife, he's, it's him talking. When, when Jen and I got, you know, got married, we moved in together. We didn't cohabitate. And we've been trying to have a kid, and, and now we're pregnant. And we're just calling to tell you, in nine months, you're going to be called Uncle Zach. Which I responded with, dude, why didn't you just say so, right? So if I, I couldn't, if I couldn't even hear my brother telling me I'm going to be an uncle, the question is, how in the world did you feel called to be a priest? How did you hear the call of God? Well, during my sophomore year of college, I was now I'm at the point where I'm like, this is ridiculous. I'm doing all these stupid things. I can't even stop doing them with the hookup culture and the party culture. And internally, I'm not happy. I'm not even happy with who I'm becoming. And my brother called me, but this time I was listening. He was listening to Relevant Radio. It's a Catholic radio station out of Green Bay and it's worldwide and he was listening and he's he's getting fed the faith and they're talking about this conference coming up for men called the men of christ conference the first one ever back in 2007 and he asked me if i wanted to go and i'm internally i'm thinking like i got a girlfriend like maybe she'll, she'll be happy that i went and i'll win some brownie points or something and i was kind of thinking it'd be like kumbaya or some like rainbow flags or some i don't know whatever i i, I just didn't think the faith had anything to offer me and i went to the so the conference and the master of ceremonies who's standing where I am, and there's like 3,000 men in this convention center, and he said these words, and he said, gentlemen, after today, your lives will never be the same. And then he said it again. Gentlemen, after today, your lives will never be the same. And I would say what happened that day is I heard the gospel of Jesus Christ, which has the power to change lives. And I heard a gentleman named Jesse Romero, a really on fire ex-cop from LA talk. And then I saw something I'd never seen before with the next, next speaker. I saw a priest with brown hair. Why that's so important to, me, to you to know is that I grew up with a understanding of priests. You had to be old. You have to have white hair or gray hair or balding. That's like the bar for what it means to be a priest. And I saw a young priest that day, and I was like, what in the world is that? And he spoke with such conviction. Again, he was funny. I'm not. But he spoke with such conviction and humor, and he really just took of what the world is saying, what it means to be a man, you know, cars, clothes, money, status, all that stuff. And he's flipping it on his head. And what he's revealing to me in my heart, he's challenging me. He's talking like a coach. But what he's revealing to me in my heart is what it means to be a man is that Jesus Christ crucified laying your lives down for another and he was starting a fire in my heart because what he's saying I want I want his joy I want his passion I want that and he said if you want to be a man of God surrender your life to Christ in the confessional today and I was like that's it that's all I have to do because I went to pretty loosey-goosey church that didn't ever offer confession and I went to confession that day, 
and just felt that lift. And I don't even know if the things I would say I was doing wrong were sins, but I knew they were wrong. And then I heard in the afternoon the conversion story of a priest. And his conversion story was he's talking about how he was clinically dead for three hours and, and the Lord brought him back to life. So if you're into like biology and chemistry, you're like, there's no way that could happen. But we believe in a God where nothing is impossible. And then it came time for Mass. And again, I didn't call it Mass back then. I called it church. And I wish I could say, you know, the readings and the music really moved me. By the way, you have a beautiful voice. Thank you so much. Um, but it's what we're about to do in a few, few minutes here, what changed my life. It was the Archbishop of Milwaukee, now Cardinal Dolan at the time, was the main celebrant. And as they're setting the altar, as we do every single Mass, I just feel the whole room changing. But the devil's in my ear, and I'm thinking, this is not real. I'm concocting this. I'm trying to make this happen. I'm trying to make something happen here. And then as he's praying the Eucharistic prayers, and as he calls down the Holy Spirit upon the bread and the wine, which I will do in just a moment, I felt the room change. And then he taught, he, he, he took what I thought was just bread my whole life, and he took that bread in his hand, and he said these words, this is my body. And I just broke. Because I thought that was just a symbol, right? That's not really Jesus, is it? And as he's holding up Jesus, and I, I just feel the, the most intense form of love that I've ever felt in my life. We have to know that we have a God that doesn't see crowds. He sees his sons and daughters. And I felt that I was there that day. Like, I was, I was there because he, he wanted just me to be there. And as Jesus is being offered up, as he is on the cross, for the sins of all the world, I heard God speak to me for the first time. Not exteriorly, but internally in my heart, I heard the words, this is the purpose of life, and you are called to be a priest. In a certain sense, it made sense. But because I wasn't catechized well, because I didn't know what a vocation director was, I didn't know what seminary was, it scared the living daylights out of me. My biggest fear was not celibacy. My biggest fear is, what are other people going to think about me? So I ran far from the call over the next months and did some things I'm not too proud about. I know there's kids here, so I'm not going to share those things. Um, but as I was living that lifestyle again and trying to reject the Lord's love, because I didn't want to be a priest... The Lord kept coming after me, as I think he's coming after a lot of you tonight, to ask you the question, are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Every time, every time he come after me, are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? And then I finally got to the point during my junior year of college, and I'm playing baseball, I'm doing the best I ever did, and I just have to tell my family I think of being a priest, and I told my family I was thinking of being a priest, which is extremely difficult because I'm so prideful, right? So concerned about the opinions of others. What are my friends going to think? What are all those people that I bullied going to think? And a week later, the war began. Found myself in the hospital with a collapsed lung. Over the next two years, I would have six more, seven surgeries total. But that hospital room was like a cathedral. 
The Lord brought me to be humbled. The Lord can't work with pride, the prideful. We try to fight him all the time. But that hospital bed was, was, was revealing to me what I think he wants to reveal to a lot of you, and I think we have this in common, of I was so afraid of asking for help, but now I had to. And it was the church that took care of me, Eucharistic ministers, seminarians coming to visit and pray with me, and priests coming to anoint me, bringing me the body and blood of Jesus. And once I finally got healthy, I applied for seminary. I'm originally from the Archdiocese in Milwaukee, and I'll just say, long story short, it just wasn't what the Lord wanted, and I got rejected. But I still felt that call, and slowly but truly, the Lord just brought me to the Diocese of Green Bay, where I've now been a priest for six years. I'll be seven years on July 1st. And I love being a priest. I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. And it's just an honor to be here with you to celebrate what this feast day exemplifies. The body and blood of Jesus, the God of the universe making himself so small for us because he loves us. That when we're frustrated, he brings us encouragement. When we're sad, he brings us joy. When things are going crazy, he brings us stability. When we're afraid, he gives us faith. When we're angry, he gives us peace. When things are so confusing, he just makes it so simple. Because when you lose your why, you lose your way. But when you find your why, it's so important you get ready for war. And that's one of the ways that we know that we're on point, we're on mission, we're doing what the Lord wants, is we upset the evil one. And man, does he hate you. Hates me. But the Lord loves conquer. The Lord's love conquers all. Our gospel today asks questions. How can this man give us his flesh to eat? This man, Jesus, is unlike any other. He is God himself who came to go to war with sin and death, hell and Satan, to win you back. Why? Because you matter to him. You are worth fighting for. That's why men lay down their lives and become priests. They give up the good of marriage and children to feed you with the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus. And if you don't believe Ask him, Lord, is it really you that I'm receiving in the Holy Eucharist? Because Jesus ended our gospel by saying, whoever eats this bread will live forever. He said, my flesh is true food. My blood is true drink. And we ring bells at Mass to say, this is when it's happening. So we don't have Charlie Brown Masses. We have masses that truly exemplify what's meant to happen. We are at the Last Supper. We are at Calvary. And that's why we receive kneeling as a sign of reverence if you're able. And some people, because they've done things with their hands, they've done these bad things, they receive on their tongue the bread of angels. Why? Because they're just letting themselves be fed like a child. Just like I wanted to be held. 
as a child. And the Lord, he came to me in my brokenness, as maybe he's coming to you in your brokenness. And what we're called to do every Mass is to place all that heaviness you're carrying and place it on the altar and say, Lord, you take care of it. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. If it's really you, reveal it to me. Because again, if you know your why, you'll definitely know the way. And if you find the way, you have to share it with others. Let us take a moment of silence just to let the Holy Spirit fall upon us. So come, Holy Spirit. Reveal to us Jesus in the Holy Eucharist. Help us know that we are loved. Help us discover our why as Catholics. And when we go to war, and many of us are, help us, Lord Jesus, find our roots, our energy, our wisdom from you in the Eucharist. Amen.